Warning, this podcast contains no journalistic integrity. Welcome to the Gentleman's Soapbox. to accomplish something that we've it didn't quite go in the way I was hoping it would. I was hoping that somewhere along the line we would piss people off and inflame enough opinion that we would open up conversation but instead some asshole's been trying to hack our website uh, that is true um, I'm not exactly sure why that's happening I can tell you that it is <laughs> and uh, I uh you know, I've. It's kind of a goal of ours, like we said, that we we knew that we would upset some people. I just didn't know what form it would take. But I thought, you know, when I was setting up the website with Jake, I was I was like, you know, just in case, let me protect against a couple of things here. So I set up some some uh, some stuff and some software and stuff like that. And uh, sure enough, twenty eight hundred brute force attacks in a week uh that's that's not bad it's not bad <laughs> well as i said we're pissing somebody off now i was hoping that they would actually turn around and yell at us so well that we I, could actually try to the, the the goal was to get people to yell at us so that we could respond calmly and politely mm, yeah uh, and, and show uh, that and show that that was actually possible um, not how that's working out no <laughs> For some reason. <laughs> no. Uh, but, I mean, I did have somebody make a mild objection that kind of had me kind of rearrange where I was coming across something. And that was, uh, we, we've talked about, or at least it's been suggested here and there uh, with regards to um, single-payer health care. Uh, mm. Basically letting the government pay for health care. And one of the statements that I've made continuously is, is I really don't want the government deciding what health care I should and shouldn't have. And the comment that was made to me is they're already doing that. And I couldn't argue with that. Because if you look at a lot of the things that are going on right now, you you can go everything from the decision that everybody has to be vaccinated, damn it, um, to even some of the things that are going on in the southern states, and this is where everybody's going to point at you, Sean, um, mm. with uh, some of the uh, abortion rules that are going on down there, as well as some of the trans things uh, that are going down there with regards to children in uh, metabolic blockers uh, or puberty blockers and stuff of that nature. And, uh, yeah, it, it really is starting to come to a point where it's another thing in which the government has decided that they really want to decide what happens in your life. And they're phrasing it towards you that either a, they're trying to protect the world from you or B they're trying to save the children. So, um, I don't know where you come across on a lot of, on a lot of these uh, subjects. And, and I really don't think it's really the point because the point I'm going to make in all of this is that, 99.9% of this, the government should not be involved in. It should be between the patient and their physician. And that's about it. 
Well, it's difficult for me to disagree with that. The uh, now I don't know if that makes me a a bad human or a uh, bad political party, whatever it is. However, <clears throat> that's that's kind of where it sits. Although, what's funny to me is just the the way that politics works in a healthcare scenario. It's it's just kind of funny. Because I, I, I don't think anybody can argue with the idea that the healthcare system in the United States is broken. And the question is, is what do we do about it? Uh, and, and the idea of simply scrapping it and letting the government decide is, in my opinion, not the right way to go. Uh, not to say that I have. Well, actually, I take that back. I do have a what I think is a better idea. Um, but once again, it's it's even less likely to happen, which is to uh, replace uh, what we see as the uh, um, insurance business now with nonprofits. Yeah. I, no, I, I, I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening. I think that's the correct answer for whatever that's worth. I think that's the correct answer. Or like well, a like they, a utility, right? Well, like, well really, because what it comes down to is, is right now uh, insurance companies are not healthcare businesses. They portray themselves as such, but it goes back to my good buddy Douglas Adams saying, if you really want to understand what, how, why a business does what it does, you have to ask yourself, what business are they really in? And the example he always used was Xerox machines versus uh, the company Xerox was not actually in the business of selling Xerox machines. They were selling toner cartridges. I would suggest that most printer company, you know, Epson, Brother, all that, yeah. They're, Xerox, they're the, Xerox was the big name at the time for him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like all of them have followed that model. Um, all it, of them. So if you if you follow that same concept with insurance companies, razors are the same way, by the way. A- absolutely. But if you follow the concept with insurance companies, insurance companies are not in the business of providing health care. They're in the, they're investment companies that are using premiums to offset costs. So the idea that they have is is their intention is is to keep your money for one more day and if they can keep your money even if they have every intention under the sun of honoring something recognizing that they are in fact supposed to pay for something that if they can deny it for one day for one time of you having to argue with it they keep the money for one more day make another percentage on the money and then there's even these percentage of people who are not going to argue with them past that so they're not actually even in the business of providing you with health care. They're in the business of providing profits to their shareholders through investment. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that is actually really what kind of should and needs to change under those circumstances. So if you suddenly made them nonprofit organizations, made it so that healthcare cannot be a for-profit organization, that sounds like, and I'm sure there's somebody out there who would argue with me, and I'd love to have the conversation because, it's, once again, it's one of those conversations that is can't be had anymore because it's either everything is great the way it is or the government should take it over. There's no middle ground to this conversation. Um, it, it seems to me like this would solve a lot of the problems that we're running into without suddenly having Uncle Joe decide your health care for you. Well, one of the statistics that I saw the other day that is just depressing, okay, is we are the only uh, first world nation, so to speak, 
the, whose life expectancy is going down. We're the only one. It is it has gone down by several years um, in the last ten, and that's that's not like everybody just points to COVID. Oh, it's because of COVID. No, 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 no. This is a trend that's been going on for five to ten years. Our life expectancy in the United States is actually getting shorter, and of course, you know nobody really wants to cover that. Nobody really wants to investigate it because the answers are ugly. And well, the answers are things that can't be spoke or, or it goes back to what we're constantly saying. The answers, these these are things are conversations that nobody wants to have because and I can and I'll even go ahead and say this, that as a person who is a 300 pound diabetic, that my life expectancy is going to be shorter than someone who's in shape and has a normal blood sugar count. Uh, and, and that's a conversation that should be able to happen. It's not, you know, there, we can't just say, oh, but that's the way you're right. I have decided it's a conscious decision that I would rather live a shorter life in which I'm not making myself absolutely fucking miserable with the whole weight loss concept. That's a conscious decision that I've made, but it's not something that shouldn't be able to be discussed. It's also not something that, you know, I I'm convinced I'm absolutely 100 percent convinced that what. The uh, you know, we were on another cast earlier as we as we record this where you suggested the history of the world part one with the French and the I love my subjects poll. You know, uh, <laughs> I am absolutely convinced that what our government and our healthcare industry and our country as a country, what we would prefer is for our elderly population just to die quietly and quit making a fuss about medicine and trying to live longer because it's better for them. It's easier if you just, you know, uh, it, look, don't complain about the medication. Just pay us our ungodly rates for that and shut up until you die. That's really their plan. And well, what but, it's, but see, there's another complaint that goes along with that, though, which is we're very we've gotten very very good at extending life we're not we haven't gotten very very good at extending quality of life though well why would that be important i mean that's not their that's that well, doesn't that, help that, them that, at that, all that's part of the shut up and just take what we told you yeah, they, exactly that's what i'm saying like that's not part of their plan at all they don't care about your quality of life they care about how much money they can get out of you and when you're out of money when it's impossible for you to get, you know, to pay for that cancer treatment or that, you know, whatever it is because you've developed something or something like that. When you're out of money, they would just rather you die. And what they've done is created a system that makes you so afraid of going to get medical care that you can't afford that will be either passed on to your children or or that – uh, will will make you sell your house or, or whatever it is. They've they've done a fantastic job of creating that fear in us that people and I'm convinced of this. People are not getting the care they need because they're terrified to go to a hospital or a doctor and and incur these costs for them and their families. Oh, I I and and I can't argue with that because it's actually something that I've considered in in life before. If if I were to find out tomorrow that I had stage four cancer 
and they told me there was nothing they could do to, to save my life, but there was an experimental treatment that might possibly work, but it was going to cost me my home and all that wonderful stuff. My answer no. to that is absolutely not. No. And I know there's a bunch of people who's, whether it's themselves, their families, and all that, oh, but there's always a chance. I am not bankrupting my family under those circumstances. Give me enough morphine that I'm not going to hurt for the next couple of weeks, and then enough to make it so I can go away when it's all said and done. And and I think that's really what they want us to do. I really think they it's kind of the, the ice flow mentality. Like, look, you are no longer – we built you for as much as we can. Now go away. And I really think that's their mentality. They're not interested in improving life or extending it or or making quality of life or anything like that. We are literally – the ultimate replaceable asset. And what they've come to is we're really not worth that much. We're worth only as much as we can pay for. That's exactly what a human life is worth. And well, but, but see, the thing is, is that if they can get it to go to a single-payer government process, it turns into, and, and COVID has shown them this, it comes to how much can we build the government for? So so let, let's just take the vaccination as an example. Okay, now we've had the discussion before. Uh, excuse me, I'm going to cough. We've had the discussion before. The vaccination is, I'm not going to even begin to suggest that it's not a good thing. Uh, I've been vaccinated and boosted. I know you said you've had the same thing. Uh, been the, vaccinated, not boosted. Okay. For the most part, I think that most people should be vaccinated. But the other part about that is somebody who works in medicine, I am quite aware that there is a certain percentage of the population. Now, you can have an argument as to what percentage of that population that it is because nobody will actually tell you. In fact, Pfizer uh, spent a whole lot of money in, in lawyers trying to convince us to not be able to even figure this out for the next 50 years, that there's a certain percentage of the population that are not going to react well to any medical treatment under the sun. doesn't matter what it is. doesn't matter who you are. Not everybody processes everything the same. So there is a certain percentage of people that are not going to respond well to the vaccine. No ifs, ands, or buts. The problem with the way we, the way we respond to this is, is that this is not a discussion between a person and their physician as to whether or not they should have the vaccine. This has now been the government deciding that everybody needs to have it. So the government has flat out decided that we're going to pay Pfizer as much money as we can, and there's a certain percentage of the population that's simply going to die and oh darn. And they're just kind of fine with that. Yes. Uh, there's. And, but, and I, but, but see, the, and the thing is, is that if you question that concept, you are evil, you are bad. Yeah. Not I, I, you know, not here is a vaccination. This is what it does. Discuss it with your physician. See if this is good for you. We think it's good for you. Discuss it with your physician because you you may be in a different circumstance than the person next door to you. You know, there's there's a and and it's we're we're gonna be old and gray before they figure out what, what they've actually done to us with with this whole COVID vaccination thing. I mean, look at look at the polio vaccine, right? Everyone involved with it had to die before it came out that, you know, some of the crap that they put in there actually did cause cancer are bad, but we did eradicate polio. 
right? That's that's their whole thing. Now, take that for whatever it is, okay? Okay, you know, is it good? Is it bad? I mean, I I, I don't know, and who am I to judge, right? I I don't I don't understand all the the variables, but it took over fifty years for them to even admit that the conspiracy theories with the polio vaccine were actually true, at least to some extent. I don't know if well, you and it, I will but, live long enough to, but, <laughs> to see the, COVID come out like that. But, the, well, it, see, the, here comes the far part, and, and it has to do with how wonderful our media is, as many times as we've discussed that, is the conspiracy theories actually are coming out. They're simply being told that they're not conspiracy theories. <laughs> or it's misinformation. Or, or it's misinformation, or it's just like, oh, 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 yeah, okay, oh, uh, we, we, yes, we got that wrong, but we're not even going to talk about that. Let's just move on. You know, let me give you an example of how bad it is, and this it just reaches everywhere, right? I watch a channel called Vinwiki. It's a, uh, it's about uh, cars, right? It's, it's custom cars and stuff. I'm a, I'm a gearhead in, in all respects and everything like that. I just can't afford to be one, so I live vicariously through people on YouTube and car magazines and stuff like that. And uh, there's this uh, fantastic guy on Vinwiki called John Ficara, and he built a car for uh, the 24 Hours of Lemons, uh, which is basically like the 24 Hours of Le Mans, only they build it with crap cars, right? And it's it's a bunch of lemons that are running around. It's just these these crap cars that they've kind of built up to to see if they can make it for like 16 hours of racing. It's two days. They say it's 24 hours or whatever, but it's really about 16 hours of racing. And he built... A, I believe it was a 1979 Corona, Toyota Corona for it. And YouTube, in their superior clampdown of misinformation, uh, has the little disclaimer under there that all the COVID information in this video about a 1979 Toyota Corona is incorrect, and you need to go <laughs> to this website to check out the corona information that is real and subject, you know, uh, uh, objective fact. And it's like, okay, guys, <laughs> like seriously, like they're it's they're out of control, right? They're out of control. They but but if you can't say that this doesn't have anything to do with the money that is changing hands, then you're missing something. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know that they put it's sort of like uh, when. Um, oh, God, what was it? Oh, it was the Star Wars movie. I, be, I believe it was Star Wars that uh, it came out and Rotten Tomatoes was just getting hammered with people who hated the movie. Uh, same thing happened with uh, Miss Marvel, I believe. Just getting hammered. I'm pretty sure it was Star Wars that started this, though. Just getting absolutely hammered. So. Uh, the studio made a call to Rotten Tomatoes, and they removed the dislike feature. They just kind of omitted it and changed the way – changed the whole function of the site because this was happening, and they didn't want it to ruin their bottom line, right? Money can change the media. Money can change the narrative. Money can change whatever the hell it wants. And right now, only now, like two years – it took two years for anybody to even stop and look around and go, is this right? Like you could be deplatformed in 2020 for saying uh, – for for even questioning the lab leak theory, 
Like, is this real or not? Now, now we've pretty much confirmed that not only was it true that, you know, most of the key players who said it wasn't had a huge vested interest in keeping it quiet and uh, intentionally squashed it. But but even then, take the just the statistics involved. And it, it's been flat out admitted, admitted in open session of uh, Congress, as well as in documentation from the CDC and other and some of the states involved, primarily New York and Florida, that the numbers of people who died from covid have been inflated, that the, what you really had was the people who died with covid. Right. So quite frankly, if you it, it, so when people start sitting there saying that millions of people died from covid, it's like, no, no, millions of people died with covid. If you track the same thing as to how many people on a day to day basis die from die with the common cold and just change that to, oh, these are the people who died from the common cold. It's going to look like the common cold is the deadliest thing on the face <laughs> of the earth. Right. And it's. It's those those media manipulations that. But but the thing is is that is is, it's it's not even a conspiracy theory anymore. It's admitted. They've come out and said they did it, but we're not paying attention to that. Well, it's not that we're not even paying attention to it. It's just that no major news outlets will pick it up. They'll say it, and then they relegate it to the waste bin because they don't really want to talk about it because they're in plot they're implicit or they're complicit. They're complicit in the lie, and they knew it at the time, too. That's the part that kills me, right? I'm like, you, who was the leader in, in COVID coverage during 2020, 2021? CNN. Yeah. Good old Don Look, Lemon. Yeah. Oh, for sure, right? The, the Lemon and Fauci show, right? It's, it was like the most popular and sitcom. Fauci is still at it. I know. I know, and it's – I don't know why anybody's fucking listening to this dude. He should be in jail. He'll never serve a day in jail. He'll never be fine. But, but, he, but he's even on TV specifically saying, as though it was a good thing, oh, yeah, this is all we, we did. We, we lied because we wanted people to do this, or we lied because we wanted people to do that. Yeah. As though it's kind of like, well, okay. Yeah. Sure. Whatever. Go Fauci. I, yeah, Exactly. <laughs> There are people who who want to sanctify this dude. Like, you know, St. Fauci told, you know, you remember when he got on TV and said that questioning him was questioning science itself? Fauci is the science. He is science, right? This is the same guy who they found all his paper trail and his email trails that he literally covered up the lab leak stuff and his involvement in it and the fact that the, he paid for the lab and and stood there with somebody sitting there showing him the actual piece of paper reading the piece of paper to him and him going no that's not what it said but, uh, uh, could you i mean he pulled a clinton <laughs> define is right like like define gain of function oh that's not how i define gain of function Really? Because that's really like literally what it is. And that's literally what the lab was doing. Oh, no, 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 no. You know, this is it's different. I mean, this man was able to take the lessons of Trump and bold and Clinton and everybody else and boldly look at the American people and lie his titties off <laughs> just with a straight face. Right. It makes like Cuomo and and uh, Stelter and all those assholes at CNN 
look like amateurs, right, with uh, and, the amount of lying this man can do. And for the most part, we as a country went, okay. Yeah, and uh, nobody, nobody did anything. Nobody went, I don't think that's right. And if you did, you got deplatformed, right? Only, you know, and... Uh, and what's funny is is like like a year later, a year and a half later, something like that, to show you how much power the media has actually lost, right? And and how disillusioned a lot of us started becoming to it. Remember when CNN went to war with Joe Rogan and lost? Yeah. Now they decide they want to come up with their own app, and uh, that failed. Yeah. It's being canceled. <laughs> Turner and Discovery went, uh, no, we're not going to invest a billion. You spent how much? $250 million, $300 million? Yeah, and you want to spend a billion on it? No, we're not doing that. Close it down. Just shut it down. We're not doing that. Uh, it well, is it like proven that it failed. What's that? Well, it hasn't proven that it failed. <laughs> exactly. Define failure. You know, I mean, and then you got Jen Paskey going to MSNBC because Rachel Maddow has figured out that nobody believes know, her shit anymore. Yeah, cable news is a dumpster fire and is desperately trying to create a digital channel of her own, which will take, and I, I truly believe this, it will take the angry feminist crowd with her from MSNBC. And the only person that they could figure was more of a draw than Rachel Maddow was Jen Paskey. Like, that was the only person they could point to and go, who could the angry feminists and liberals rally around more than Rachel Maddow? Well, well, let, let's let's follow down that rabbit hole, okay? We'll follow down that rabbit hole for a moment, and we'll talk about the, if you want to put it that way, the angry feminists, or that portion of it because it actually does even go into our discussion of medical autonomy here today because the other thing that's going on right now is the things with um trans children God, and the yeah. whether or not you are legally allowed to provide your child with either a gender reassignment surgery or b puberty blockers uh, without government sanction and or even just the government taking that sanction away or that decision making process away altogether. Now, let me be clear about something. If you look at the statistics with the number of children who transition, who then retransition back as adults, those numbers are extremely alarming. So I'm not suggesting that we should just be willy nilly be throwing these things out there. Uh, but I'm saying that the choice in this matter should be between the child, the parent, the physician, and the psychologist, not the government. I don't think the government should get involved with any health care decisions, to be quite honest. It's it's you know what it is uh, like uh, that matter, that measure of indignance should show up about the same time. As fucking Michelle Obama insisting that, uh, and I don't know if you went through this, but my kids were going through like just starting out school when Michelle Obama's lunch program for schools happened. And she was telling them what parents could and could not pack in their lunch. And the school was required to not let them eat anything unhealthy. 
Like you couldn't send your your kid to school uh, with Oreos. Uh, oh, oh yeah, I, and and I've got a picky eater. Yeah, and I'm like, you know what, lady, piss off, okay? <laughs> like my children's health and my children's school lunch. In fact, the lunch that they're taking that I made for them is none of your damn business. Uh, now, I, I mean, like if you were sending your kid to school with a bowl of whipped cream every day, okay, maybe we need to have a little talk about <laughs> parent-teacher conference stuff. Like, do you know your kid's eating this? Like, they're hyper all day. You know, like, what's going on? Um, okay, but if you're sending them, you know, with a normal freaking lunch that your kid will eat, then you need to shut the hell up. Like, who? And this was a thing they instituted, and she did it. By cutting the funding of any school who didn't do this and had to get rid of their fryers and had to get rid of like all that. She supervised all their lunches and she tied state funding to this. Right. And and, and here comes the best part about all of this. The part that fuck you, Michelle Obama. Well, well, part of here comes the part that that is absolutely wonderful is Michelle Obama, a government figure. Yeah, I would argue. No, no. No, no. What position? What is she paid? Right. Like, no. Like, how do you get to do this? You know, like. But the I, but the idea that the government is now stepping in and telling you, you know, how it is that you should treat your child, whether and it's on both sides of that with regards to the trans issue. You've got you've got some states, um, most of them southern, who are trying to make it illegal to allow your kid to trans to to uh, to transition. And you've got other states that are trying to make it illegal for you to disallow your child to transition. Yeah, I don't I, I don't think we've come to the end of that particular road well, at all. You know, even then, there's, uh, you know, you've got Emma Watson, who should be on her knees in front of J.K. Rowling saying, thank you for the wonderful life that I've lived standing up and telling telling everybody that they should be ashamed of her because jk rowling isn't really up for the whole idea of more than two genders look i i am of the opinion that we need to we really need to stop listening to celebrities especially if you make your living in hollywood shut the fuck up all right uh, well uh, here here comes the best one with regards to jk rowling that i, I found just absolutely freaking hilarious was there there's now being publicized a new novel out there i cannot remember what the title of the novel is or who wrote it uh because it was that unimportant to me (laughs) uh and that it is a world in which the zombie apocalypse has happened but all the zombies are men all the men turned into zombies Mm. okay Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. one of the bad guys are the knights of rolling who are all turfs that should be that that the that the entire novel is them killing the tur- the knights of rolling turfs i see all righty we have uh my have point left. is 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 really not to say that i first of all uh, you know jk rowling should be a uh a in my opinion a role model to so many people over the fact that she started from nothing and managed to become wealthier than the royal family so that that's what we should be holding up as saying this is what we should all be trying for Uh, well with with that 
said, Mike, point of all of this is not the fact that J.K. Rowling is awesome, whether you believe that or agree with that or not. But this is this is we're back to we can't even have the discussion. We can't have the discussion as to whether or not you agree with or disagree with the idea of young people transitioning or whether or not you even think somebody besides the parent, the doctor, the, the psychiatrist and the child should be involved. You can't even have that conversation without people writing novels about you and all of your followers being burned at the stake. And you had to pick someone like, like JK Rowling, right? Like I look at JK Rowling, like river Tam, like I can kill you with my brain, you know, like, she is very intelligent. She is very talented. She is very smart. And she is a brilliant writer. And you pick her <laughs> as, as the leader of all things evil, the one who wrote life-affirming children's stories? Okay. Um, that, that's an interesting choice. I, I probably wouldn't have gone there. I mean, uh, does she have – does she hold views that I find objectionable? I, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, like – the. <sighs> Like if she believes that there's only two genders and that's what she wants to say, okay. Like it, our it, country and, allows for but, that. But see, the funny thing is, is that even if you want to find that concept objectionable, that's perfectly fine. I have no problem with somebody who thinks that the idea of there is only two genders of being objectionable as being. It, 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 I don't find that personally objectionable. Finding that, oh, geez, I'm going in circles. Um, my point is, is that we're not allowing each other to have the discussion. We're not willing to discuss these things. We're not willing to talk about them. It's your idea is objectionable and you should be torn down for that. Honestly, I think that is the, the social norm in which we have built. We have decided somewhere, and I'm not sure exactly when that switch was flipped. We have decided as a as a country, as a social and cultural norm, that free speech is in fact my right, but your detriment. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's cool for anyone to have their opinion. Actually, the worst part about it is is that if you start reading the the, the different uh, books from people who are discussing this very point. That they'll tell you that it began right around 2012, 2013. Uh, could be the rise of social media. Um, but at some point in there, we have we have decided as a country that that you can have your own opinion. But the minute somebody disagrees with you about your opinion, no matter what it is, it could be your most deeply held belief. It could be just something you're trolling on the Internet. As soon as somebody disagrees with you. They are bad and should be silenced in every way possible, hopefully painfully. That is that is literally our position as a country right now. And uh, as, as long as it is, we're screwed. OK, the longer they can keep us here. And it is my firm belief that this is what. Our, our leadership class, our rich, and our media really want to keep us here. Because while we're here, they can never be held to account. Ever. Uh, well, so, I mean, they're, they're while not, we're stuck they're, here. They're not being held to account. 
Well, that's what I'm saying. It's impossible. Like, what are you going to do? Like, you can't get enough of us to band together for long enough to hold together and believe in something long enough to get anything done. Well, I, I, Hal, just, just take one of the most gruesomely obvious ones in the United States today, and that's Epstein and Maxwell. Epstein's dead. Maxwell's in prison. But for all the people that went to their island, has anyone else, and I mean anyone else, been investigated, indicted, mentioned, thought about, discussed, any of that stuff? Oh, of course not. Of course not. I was surprised not, they not even pulled not, not, not even people they didn't like. You know, it's it's not like, okay, we're going to protect Clinton, but we're going to throw Trump under the bus. No. Look, uh, you're if you're part of that game and you're part of that class, you the rules do not, you know, in the words of 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 uh Neo's boss, you believe that you are special. You believe that the rules do not apply to you. You know, um and in this case, you know, the rest of us are Thomas Anderson, respectable computer programmer, and the elite class is Neo, right? The rules really don't apply to them. They really don't. If you have enough money or enough clout, enough, you know, game, if you're in one of these political positions or something like that, the rules really don't apply to you the same way as it does you and me. It really doesn't. Like, why do they have to worry? Okay, if there's a really big freak out and people really get upset, We'll give you a scapegoat. Here you go. That's it. That's that's all you get. Like no one will ever no one in the elite class will ever serve time. No one will ever really be held to account. The worst you'll have is an uncomfortable Senate hearing. That's it. That's it. If that's all you got to worry about. Why follow the rules? Why do you have to? They don't. And they, they don't plan to either because they know there's nothing that's going to happen to them. As long as the fiddler keeps playing, everyone keeps dancing to the same tune. So it doesn't matter, right? Like uh, Amazon, take, take this for example. <laughs> Amazon has been harshly abusing their employees for you know a, a very long time in warehouses and other areas and stuff like that. The first ever union was organized very recently and they're they're trying to get all these other warehouses and it i mean amazon is low-key doing terrible union busting tactics i mean just awful stuff when was the last time you heard about any of that did you ever hear about it well the only thing i heard about it was when the the union was created and uh several government figures try to take credit for it and the people who actually started the union went oh yeah it was it was great aoc wouldn't show up and then and then they won and aoc was like oh yeah so and, and they called her out on it like uh you weren't here and in fact when we asked for your support you said no <laughs> you actually not just you said no you said you had better uses for your time right like wearing your tax the ri or eat the rich dress or tax the rich dress right like that was her big contribution not showing up and, and doing the groundwork, which happened in, like, the workers for that warehouse lived in her district. So, like, this is how much, like, it doesn't matter. Once you're elevated to the club, 
and you're not a one-timer, you're in. It doesn't matter. Like, nothing bad will happen to you. You may get some bad press, but that's about it. You will forever be taken care of. You will forever be part of the quote-unquote club. And the rules no longer apply to you. Why give that up? I mean, seriously, why give that up? It's working for them right now. That's all they care about. It's working for them right now. Why give it up? Because it's right? Because it's moral? Because it's, you know, it's better for the country? They don't give a shit about any of that. So why give it up? Well, I I have seen uh, messages on social media where people are suggesting that we, as the citizenry, need to make our leaders scared of us. I'm curious as to whether or not that's the right way to go, because I see 1984 happening after that. I, not, I don't know. Basically, we're back to this is fucked and I don't know what the answer is. Well, I think one of several things will happen. One, they will drive it until the wheels literally come off the wagon. In which case, we will implode. Happens to many a country. Okay, happens to many a country. They lose their empires. Um, happened to Rome. Happened to England. Happened to the Huns. Happened to China. Happened to uh, any any country. Name any country, and you can follow a rise and fall. And all yeah, I but can China tell was you, the Mongolians coming down. I really don't see the Canadians coming down and taking us over. Nah, it'll 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 be a different be a different type of thing. But I'm not saying it'll happen exactly the same way. But I am saying that the same oh, well, kinds okay. of things. Latin America come, could come north though. Yeah, yeah, they're already trying. Um, but uh, it, it won't happen in the same way. But but I can already see the same. There's a lot of parallels between what's happening in our country and what happens before a country falls. If you read any of the histories on, on what happens famously before countries fall, it's shit like this, right? The, the elite class is just eating cake until the whole thing comes down in flames because they don't care. They're that short sighted. They just don't care. They just want their piece of it. And, I think that's where kind of where we are. I mean, we may have another generation or so before it really gets so bad that that it starts crumbling in on itself. But I don't think we have much more than that. Uh, if it, we it, don't, the fact that you think we have a generation is is puts you having more faith in the system than I do. Yeah, I know. You think we have two years? <laughs> I. I, I I look at the patterns of what has gone on with the elections and and I'll, and when we go through the um midterm elections I I'll, I'll kind of firm up my opinion a little bit once I see how the media bullshit goes along with that but you've got both sides who are standing there staring at each other saying while destroying democracy themselves screaming at the other person for hating democracy and completely blaming it on the other side, uh, and then you throw in the and, and and that's actually one of their tweets I sent out with the um, the GSB account that has got the most response out of anything, which is we look like we're looking at doing Biden versus Trump again in 2024, 
can we please do something better than that? Just something different. And is this really the best we can do? And what I see happening is, is that it doesn't matter who wins that contest. Whoever wins that contest, the other side is going to scream that it's illegitimate. I'm not arguing that part at all. And, I just and, and I, I and I think it's I think the unrest is going to be beyond what we have seen as of yet. I think it's going to be BLM and January 6th writ large, depending on which side you're looking at. And it's going to be one of those things where either it's like BLM and the and the and the cities just start to burn while everybody's looking around going, what? Or it's going to be January 6th, in which case they're going to crack down and nail down on everything so harshly that we're going to be in 1984. Yeah, it's it's I'm waiting for the crackdown. Honestly, I think that's where we're headed. If I if I had to pick a direction, I think I I think that's where we're headed. But also at the same time, I can also see that just the country burning down with, you know, a bunch of dumbass teenagers beating people to death with skateboards and uh the and the powers that be just looking around you know the almost writ large what you saw mostly before. peaceful it's protest. a mostly peaceful protest as the everything is just burning in the background yeah and yeah. rather than just being seattle chicago portland it's going to be you're actually going to see it in kansas city this time you're going to see it in baltimore actually we did see it in baltimore last time i was going to say you're, where were you baltimore was on fire you're, you're going to see it in st louis you're going to see it in uh not just atlanta but savannah you're going to see it in not austin ju- might have a, a couple of uh, things yeah. but but you're going to start seeing it in all in places other than just the larger cities you've had it before and it's going to be to the point where things are just going to come to a halt that, I mean, it's, that, it's... That, that, that's that's my fear and that's my worry. And I and as I said, uh, I hope it takes longer than I than I think that we get there. I might get once again, my hope, my honest to God hope is that we're going to go through the next election and either Michelle Obama or Ron DeSantis are going to win the election. Everything's going to turn over peacefully. And you're going to turn around and look at me and go, see, you're a paranoid ass. That's my hope. I think you'll see some some unrest no matter what happens. I think you're right about that. I don't think it'll be the destructing the destruction uh, circus you 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 are worried about. But uh, I think there'll be some unrest. Yeah, there'll be some protests. There'll be some. This isn't my president. That we've already had that. We we've had it with Biden. We had it with Trump. We had we'll have well, it with the I, next person. I, I know it's going to be more than what we've seen in the past. The question is is what to what degree does it happen? Yeah, I. I don't think we're at the the set the country ablaze stage right now, uh, but I think our kids will. I think our kids will see it for sure. I, I really do. I don't think we cannot sustain this that long. But uh, at the same time, there's there's still stuff here. There's still reasons for hope. I mean, Amazon's starting to to unionize for crying out uh, loud. Uh, true. Uh, and, I mean, there's but, some steps, you know. <sighs> Go, going along the steps that I that I see coming, because the other one is is that when it, when and if uh, some people say when I still say if both the House and the Senate change hands, you're going to have the other side spend the next two years going up to the um, to the election screaming that democracy has been destroyed. 
Oh yeah, but they're already doing that. The Re- Republicans are doing that when they when the Democrats had a supermajority. When the Republicans have a supermajority, the Democrats will be screaming yeah, that. Yeah. That's just kind of our new normal. But people are listening now. And, and once I mean, again, yeah. this con- the, and once again, this conversation that you and I are having, you know, some nutball out there is trying to stop us from having. <laughs> yeah, actively. Hold Act- on, let me. I can log in and tell you how many times I've tried you know, to stop I, us today. I, I'm, I'm quite comfortable with, and, and we've got a couple of people who do it from time to time. One of them is a close friend. One of them is Yepix, um, <laughs> who have no hesitation to message me, whether it's on Twitter, email, text message, and say, I heard what you guys said. I think you're wrong. I'm mm. happy to hear that. I'm thrilled to death to hear that. I even would be thrilled to death if it was a, hey, fucker, you're an asshole. I can mm. handle that. I, it, I, the fact that, but that's the conversation I want to have. Prove me wrong. I mean, consider me that guy that, that Dick had sitting there on the college campus with a big sign that says, prove me wrong. Yeah, let's see here. Uh, April 22nd, we had 971. <laughs> April 20th, we had 931. Today, we're doing pretty good. I got the, the block list going. It's uh, 117 today. Um. But yeah, there's there's quite a bit. Um, <laughs> I don't know what podcast pissed them off, but it started about a week and a half ago. Um, but there there's a a large quotient of of people in this country who I absolutely agree with you. They are gonna have a shit fit no matter who wins. Absolutely, there's gonna be unrest and stuff. And honestly, I think there should be. The problem I'm going to have with the unrest that we're going to to get is no matter who wins, and I agree with you on this, no matter who wins, the other side's going to scream that they shouldn't have or that it's it's corrupt and all that kind of thing. Um, that's outrage for the wrong reason as far as I'm concerned. What we should be concerned about is the fact that all of us pretty much hate the way the government is doing things right now, but we're not protesting the things we – we're not upset about the things we should be upset about. We're upset about the things the media tells us we should be upset about, and that's the you, part. I'm, you, we're not thinking. You mean like when the African-American who won lieutenant governor in uh, Virginia and they – called a white supremacist? Exactly. And I'm like – Come on, what kind of how much how much mental gymnastics did you have to do before that turned into a white supremacist for you? Like how how long did that take? And did you at any point like in the back of your head go, this might be wrong? You know, like, like what? Seriously, I I really think you know. I mean, look look at going back to the healthcare thing. I mean, look at the 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 hissy fits and the weirdness that are all going on with the mask mandates ending and then not ending and then kind of ending. And then oh, really it, they're it, ending, it, but they're it, not. It, did you see the one about the, uh, the woman who absolutely lost her mind because they announced it mid flight and everybody <laughs> just took their masks off and she just <laughs> lost her mind. No, 
It does sound like a very caring thing to do, but I, I mean, look, look, I, mean, I, I, I mentioned it on the last cast. I'll throw it on here for people who don't listen to it. I, is I is I I was even smart enough to stop my own sick, twisted sense of humor. I was about to, as I have a cold, to look around where I was last night and just kind of in a stage whisper to my wife, go, <coughs> maybe I should take that uh, COVID test when I get home, and just to watch people lose their shit. And I didn't, but I wanted to. <laughs> oh people you you would have caused a stampede you're, you're on the east coast man they they're freaked out out there i know and i would have enjoyed every minute of it but you know at the same time somewhere along the line it would have been you're bad now I, I yes i am but at the same hey, time yeah. uh, I, I live in the axis of evil so we're in the south and we just like we haven't been wearing masks for months uh <laughs> florida amazing, Texas, amazing how Georgia. that really didn't affect anything yeah, it's amazing. You know, like everybody said that Texas would be a wasteland when we stopped, you know, the lockdown. Well, not really. In fact, our COVID stuff started going down before any of the other states, uh, except for Florida, who followed us directly with the non-lockdown situation. Um, and and nobody talks about that. Like, I, I remember seeing or, shit or, on well, CNN. But, but even then, when people do, for example, this, you know, not very well known, not very well respected medical establishment referred to, I mean, called Johns Hopkins basically came out and said, yeah, none of this shit worked. Yeah. Like and, and statistically, none of it. Yeah, n- n- none of it. If you do a statistical analysis, you know, it, it did what it was supposed to do. We played with the numbers and we fucked everybody. And, you know, sorry, our bad. <laughs> yeah. You know. Or, or like when they passed constitutional carry in the state of Texas, everybody was like, "Oh my God, there's going to be gun battles every damn day. There's, there's just, they're all going to die, right?" It didn't change anything. <laughs> in fact, half the states in the union now have constitutional carry. Okay. And, and the mass shootings are having in the one happening in the ones where they don't. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Go figure. I mean, look. I... I mean, it, it, it really should prove the pure and simple fact that gun control in the way that it's being is trying to establish it as we speak is completely, totally and utterly non-functional. That ineffective. most uh, ineffective is the fact that how much gun related violence happens in the places in which there is the most uh, gun control on the face of the earth. Honestly, yeah, and it's even if if you ever looked at the cities that are either have strong gun control or don't, it's actually dead even, which means which says to me if it's statistically zero as far as does it make a difference, that means no, it doesn't make a difference at all. Our current gun control laws make zero difference in crime because you have the exact same number of homicides in, in large cities with strong gun control as you do without the the common denominator here is like the larger the population the more it tends to happen and the larger poor population that we have and and less economically mobile uh the the more gun violence you have let's focus on that okay <laughs> like let's okay start there now let's try and build out from there why is this happening what could we do you know is it education is it you know, is there something else? Is there another economic factor in there that, that we need to look at? Is there and I would suggest that, yes, both those things are true. Is it you know what what's happening there? Because obviously, if it's the same with or without gun control laws, 
the gun control laws that we currently have are not effective. So, well, I mean, it, but you're also talking about economic factors, and you're talking about people who don't have the first clue as to how, or, or, or I'll rephrase, don't have the first clue as to how to deal with economic situations whatsoever. I mean, uh, my lovely state of Delaware has just re, re, uh, has just joined the group of states that is proposing the idea of, in order to deal with inflation, which is too much money in the economy, that the answer to it is is to add more money to the economy. It's fantastic thinking, isn't it? This is yes if, from MIB. If, this is what we've come to expect from years of government training. I, I, if we have already figured out that throwing trillions of dollars out into the economy that was not being earned uh, in order to increase the purchasing power created the drastic inflation that we have now, the idea of simply cutting people more checks is not exactly the way to go. It's funny that. But that's not the popular mentality. The popular mentality is just give me let's money. give you more money, right? Because that will make you like us. It's worked in the past. So I, yeah, I I don't I don't know how to solve it, but I know what we're doing is not the way. I mean, I know that sounds very easy to say, but I know what we're doing is clearly not working. <laughs> I want to be like the I'd be like the guy from the Mandalorian. Just I have spoken. Drop the mic. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Freaking Nick Nolte. Uh, I I just I don't uh, I I don't think that we can get to where we need to be as a society with the methodology that we're using. And I think everybody knows that, but they don't want to admit it because doing that would force them to actually think about things that they held as true not being absolute truth or not being real or not being facts. But see, and, it, it, but in, I guess that's kind of what bothers me is the idea of intellectual dishonesty. I'm I, I have my own firmly held beliefs, but I'm every bit willing to have them challenged. Uh, you know, Yepix has done it with you know I've suddenly realized that I would be perfectly okay with certain socialistic concepts if I had any faith whatsoever in the government who was doing it, which I would never have thought of before. You know, I, I, the, these are all things that we have to be willing to allow ourselves to be intellectually challenged on. Uh, if not, we are being so incredibly dishonest to ourselves as well as everyone else around us. And that's the part that's just kind of making my head want to explode is just the level of intellectual dishonesty that has gone on with this, which is this is the way. There is no other way. We won't even discuss another way. And you're wrong for suggesting that we need to even think about another way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's where we are. That's the, the fundamental problem right now. And I don't I don't see that changing uh, currently. And, and even if it did, let's say it changed tomorrow. Let's say everyone in our nation's government turned a corner tomorrow. You know, some some cosmic thanos snapped a finger and said you are going to be blessed with honest representation and honest uh, men and women and uh however you feel comfortable identifying yourself just fold 
Yeah, with honest men and women, and you are going to to bang, snap, right? We wouldn't believe it. We wouldn't believe it. Like if the government turned around right now and gave us the squarest deal in history, no pun intended, the squarest deal in history, right? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what it, I don't give a shit what they're talking about. We wouldn't believe them as a country on either side. Okay. I, we I, would totally I, mistrust them. I just came up with the idea for a TV show or movie or something of that nature. And anyone, if, if somebody is listening who is in production, you can have it. I, I'll sign it away to you. I don't even want to make money off of it. I just want to see it. I want to see the comedy in which the entire U.S. government, every government employee gets the liar, liar curse. <laughs> At the same time. Yeah. You know, like, let, let's. I, I, I want to see Nancy Pelosi just stand up there and go, well, yeah, insider traded. What? I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> Jen Paskey going, yeah, he's fucking senile. I don't know what he said. <laughs> Whatever it is, we're going to try and spin it so that you guys will believe he's, like, still there. But uh, what would you believe? <laughs> you know, like, would you believe, you know, like, do the old get smart routine? Like, just, I mean, have those Senate hearings happen. Yeah, I freaking cheated. Oh, yeah, I slept with that woman. <laughs> oh, man. I have I have sexually harassed every female I have been within 10 miles of, you know, and some of them over the phone, you know. Like, do that. Or or let's just say. <laughs> yes, just... I knew she was 13. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was with Epstein. I went to the island. Man, I committed many felonies there. I mean, like all of that stuff. But but let's say they offered us a square deal. Let's say they 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 came up with a program overnight. You know, like I said, Thanos snap, right? They came up with a program to fix healthcare. They came up with a program to fix corporational greed. They came up with a program to fix national spending and the the gap between the elite class and the ruling class. Uh, they came up with laws that mitigated the media's lying, right? They came up with all of that and presented it on a platter to the American people. Would you believe them? No. No, of course not. Nobody would. Well, the, 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 the only thing that I would have actually believed myself, which would not be believed today because even then it's being referred to as a you know white supremacist concept would be if they just basically said okay we're going to throw everybody out we're going to tear the whole thing down we're going to lay the constitution out on a table and we're going to just start over again from that yeah i wouldn't believe they were doing it in good faith right our government would have to to spend decades building the trust of the american people back uh, and because trust isn't trust like that has to be earned. And none of us trust these bastards and rightfully so they've been lying to us since. Well, since the Constitution was made, they've been trying and succeeding whole cloth, succeeding on removing those rights and working those deals and making sure that there was a large separation between the ruling class and the rest of us. And there would have to be so much good faith trading and, and good faith policy and, and checks and balances and transparency for decades before we believe a 
goddamn word that came out of their mouths. I mean, that's the real truth of it, because we know they're lying. And there is not a person alive today who can look at at any of our government officials and go, you know what? That guy's a straight, you know, that person is a straight shooter. Oh, it doesn't not, exist. Not a one of them. Not a one of them. They're all crooked. They're all crooked as a dog's hind leg, and everybody knows it. So with that in mind. <laughs> actually, that, I'll, let, he, let, let me actually throw this question out to our, our listener. Um, I, if you have a federal politician that you actually trust and think is a straight shooter, tell me who that is. I want to know. I'm not telling you you're wrong. I I'm curious. Know. Yeah, I'm who, curious who to see person? if, if, if yeah. you think there's one in there, because there's there's politicians that I like who I still know are lying pieces of shit. Yeah. So. Yeah. Tell us. Show us the honest politician. <laughs> I'm curious. I, I'm curious who who out there amongst the the rattlesnakes is not, is actually not just I would vote for this person because we all have to vote for somebody who's a piece of shit these days. Is there somebody out there that you're saying this is actually a true, honest, good person trying their best to do something? And I, I, I I'm hoping that somebody's going to give me one that just doesn't make me giggle. <laughs> OK, what can I amend this? Sure. Just a, just a touch. Not on the local level. Oh, no, we're talking about f- federal federal. Yeah, um, not, you know, like, look, this is the most honest school board representative I've ever met. They're really trying to get the No, 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 no. Not your local. I'm talking state or up. OK, <laughs> governor, you know, that level or up. OK, state or capital. State or federal. Not your local, you know, like, hey, my union rep is an awesome dude. You know, he takes me fishing. He makes sure I get a fair shake. He came and saw my baby. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) State or federal official. Okay. On that note, let's go on to our media recommendations of the week. Do you have them? I do. Okay. I'm all ears. I can't, can't remember if I've talked about this. Tokyo Vice. Actually, you have not. You've not on this podcast. I've heard you mention it on another one, but and I have not you seen know, this yet. It is as good a pro, as good a show as there is out there right now, and it is getting very little play, uh, as far as I can tell, anywhere. And it is what platform uh, ex- is it on? Uh, HBO, HBO Max uh, is what I am watching it on. Uh, it is. I think we have two episodes of the first season left. Um, so uh, if you wait another two weeks, you will have the incomplete, you could just binge the entire, uh, first season of it. It is, uh, basically it takes place in the nineties in Japan. It is, uh, based on the memoirs of, uh, somebody who actually was there and happened to, uh, but it is, uh, nineties Tokyo and a white journalist works at a Japanese newspaper. And if you don't know how rare and how, you think U.S., the, like the United States, has a um, racist kind of lean to it sometimes? Uh-uh. Japan is very unaccepting of outsiders. They are a very homogenous society. And um, gaijin or, or white people or outsiders um, 
are not actually welcome there, especially during the 90s. Um, they're, they, they don't take well to that, at least in Japan. And uh, this, this guy, uh, Jake, uh, was uh, – his, his name is Jake. I'm not asking or not telling you, but his name was Jake Adelstein, I think. And he was going up against the Yakuza in Tokyo in the 90s at the time. Uh, with his newspaper and what they were trying to stop was basically criminal insurance fraud and what they would do and this was legal in japan during that time is they would let the loan sharks run up the yakuza would let the loan sharks run up a debt with you know the citizenry and then they would pressure using um their, their Yakuza tactics saying, hey, we'll kill you, we'll kill your whole family, we'll kill anybody you, you're associated with if you don't pay back this debt. And if you don't pay back this debt, you shouldn't even be alive. And what the Yakuza would do is take out an insurance policy against accidental or suicide death against this person oh, and use the Japanese honor code to basically make themselves kill themselves or make them kill themselves, and then they would collect on the insurance, thus paying the debt. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> and the 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 papers at the time wouldn't report any of these killings or anything like that because organized crime doesn't happen in Japan. It's it's it doesn't happen because they don't report it because Japan is a safe environment. And that's the 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 thing that they tried to maintain. It's totally safe here. So they wouldn't report on any of these murders. Or how they happened, or why they happened, or who was doing it, or what's going on. They wouldn't report on any of it. And it's the story of how they fixed it. So uh, basically, a detective, a police detective, an editor for this paper, and this this kid, this this 22, 24-year-old kid, basically took on the Yakuza in this in this time and place, and how that happened. I'm gonna have to watch this. It's freaking awesome, dude. Um, it's got the kid from Baby Driver. Um, oh, okay, I know what you mean. I yeah, don't... I didn't. I had no idea how tall this guy was. He was actually very tall, and he's the he's the kid. He's Jake Adelstein, and um, Ken Watanabe uh, is is the detective, and it's got a, a I don't remember her name, but she is super cute as the editor for the paper, and I. It's and, oh, and a low-level yakuza guy uh, named Sato, uh, who who is a friend of uh, the reporter kid, and it is uh, I'm just enthralled with it. I watched it I, like I mainlined all the episodes there were. I think there were five episodes when B finally, our friend B finally convinced me to watch it, and I was like, oh, and just just slammed the whole thing. It is it is amazing, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> I was, I was very, uh, very impressed with the with the content, the way it's shot, the what's going on. And I normally um, wouldn't be into like a. It, I will say this: the first episode is very dry. It's a little tough and a little cringy to get through the first episode because it's it's him, like the first shot you see is him doing it, being a straight gangster. And then they cut to him like two years ago when he's just like kind of learning his way around Japan and he's trying to get into this paper and he's trying to get and make his way and he's living above a grocery store and all this kind of stuff. And it's a little painful. Second episode on. But you need that stuff. You need the, the background and stuff. But the second episode on, 
It's fantastic. It's just I, I you cannot stop watching it. All right, well, yeah, this, this is this week for me. <laughs> yeah, the, it is you, you really ju- good. You just picked the show because I mean, let's put it this way: I've been so bored with TV that I've been watching old Law and Order episodes. <laughs> well, let me know how it goes because I'm really I've been recommending it to everyone. It is it is excellence in every way. I would not be surprised if this won awards. I'm not kidding. It's that good. Well, uh, my recommendation is going to go to a slightly older novel or a series of novels. And... It's a slightly older code, but it still checks out. <laughs> Uh, it's a series of three novels called the Warlord Trilogy, written by Bernard Cornwell. Uh, he's more noticeable f- notable these days for the person who wrote the books behind the series, um, uh, The Last Kingdom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but these three books take place during the Anglo-Saxon Wars uh, at around just before 500 B- uh, A.D. in uh, Britain. And is his retelling... Wait, was, this, was Excalibur one of those books? It, well, the, one of the books was called Excalibur. The first book is called The Winter King. The second book is called Excalibur. The, uh, the second book is called The Enemy of God. And the third book is called Excalibur. I, I think I've read these. Uh, it, well, it, it's actually just a very, very interesting take on the Arthurian lore. Yeah, uh, that's fine. Yeah, I do remember that. Yep, 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 yep. If, yep. if you if it's if Arthurian lore is something that has any interest to you whatsoever, or just quite frankly, of if you're one of those people who liked watching the show Vikings and or something of that nature, it is that type of story. Everybody in the shield wall, um, battles and war bands and and, and all that uh, fun stuff. But it's based around arthurian lore and it's an interesting take on it being very very specifically about the anglo-saxon wars uh story is told by the from the perspective of who later latinized would have been in the stories would have been called percival but back then under british name was referred to as dervil um and just once again, just an interesting take on it. I, I really appreciated what they did with, for example, the Merlin character who they made a druid instead of a wizard um, who just actually throughout the story turns out to be somebody who's really good at taking credit for natural shit that happened around him. As most ancient wizards were. <laughs> <laughs> you know, an explosion would go off in the right place in the right time. He's like, I did that. <laughs> Behold. Uh, so it's just, as I said, just a very, very good, well-written three novel story. Um, just, just excellently written and an interesting take on it. I do have one more, once again, an older, uh, set of novels, more actually a author that I have recently retouched base with. Uh, she's unfortunately passed away several years ago. I'm 90% sure, Sean, that you'll know who she is and her name is Octavia Butler. Yeah. Uh, she writes a series of books. Um, the, the two main ones that she wrote was a alien invasion series. Uh, and it's and even when you're I'm saying alien invasion series, it's not even remotely close to what you think the story is going to be. I don't even know how to describe it because it's not your typical the aliens come down and wipe out the world. Uh, the aliens show up after the world has already wiped itself out via nuclear war and are trying to save what's left of humanity. Yeah, I think I read. Um, 
Uh, well, they also Blood Child was one of the ones I read. Well, that, that's a that's a book of short stories that she has, yeah. which is which is once again excellent. But the yeah. other series of books that she writes is uh, is a book on uh, the evolution of telepathy into the human population. I don't think I've seen that one. Uh, and it's it's actually it starts in the uh, colonial period in the in the United States and. Uh, then goes into the next book is in modern times. The next book is into the slightly decayed future, and then the the final book after that is the uh, trying to rebuild society. Yeah, there was one she had, and I say, well, I read it fairly recently. I don't remember. She also did do a take, and it was the last book that she had published, which is a book called Fledgling, which was a take on vampirism. I remember seeing that one. I didn't. I didn't read it. Um, uh, these days, considering the fact that her her main character is a 75-year-old sexually active vampire, but since the vampires in her world age very slowly, has the appearance of a 12-year-old girl, uh, that, that might be a little bit touchy for some people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the character is, without a, without a doubt, of age. But physically does not appear so. Pattern Master. That's what I read. That's the one that takes place. That's the last book in the series that takes place as they're trying to rebuild society. Yeah, it didn't make much sense. Uh. <laughs> if you actually, if you if you actually start back at the beginning, the first book in the in that is called Wild Seed. The second book is Mind of My Mind. Third book is Clay's Ark, and the fourth book is Pattern Master. They're all very, very short novella-style books. They're yeah. very, very easy to read. Not only that, actually, what, what fascinated me about Octavia Butler is the fact that her books are so short and so small, like the type that you could actually read on an airplane flight and finish the book on an airplane flight. But the amount of world-building that she manages to do in a novella is staggering. She definitely has that down. Uh, it is uh, it is amazing how much she can get done in a very short amount of time. <laughs> very, very rich, very, very fluid, very, very girthy stories, but written very, very quickly. I got I, and I can't remember why I had it. I think I think um, I got Pattern Master. Now, I did it in audiobook format. Um, it is on Audible if you're because I remember because that's the only place I get my audiobooks other than you know like the library if if uh, I I think they have so like I got Shogun from my library, um, but I think I got it on like one of those those free credit you know like two for one credit deals or something yeah. like that and I, Pattern Master was in it I don't know why they put the last book in the series. <laughs> That's a free credit. Normally they do the first book in the series, but I got it. And it was fascinating to do, but I didn't exactly have a background for what was happening. Uh, Unfortunately, there's a little couple of things of background that you do need by the time you get to that one. Yeah, Uh, it it, it can be a standalone story. It will make a whole lot more sense if you've read the other ones. Yeah, but uh, it was good. No, she is. She she or I guess was she she no longer with us. Yeah, she she has passed away. I think she at least a decade ago. Okay. Uh, then uh, she was a fantastic writer. I mean, just does some really cool stuff. But but if you're looking to pick up a book that you can, you know, if one of those things like, okay, I'm going to be on the beach for two days, and I want a book I can read in two days. Perfect. 
you're going to be on a flight, a little bit of a long flight, and you just want a book that you can read on the flight, and you'll be done with it by the time you're, you're done with the flight, perfect. Uh, it, they're very, very short, very, very small books, but they are absolutely excellent. You know, if you're if you're going to do books, I'm going to go on the other end of that and do ones that are voluminous and long. <laughs> uh, I'm always looking to uh, to get my my credit for, uh, you know, my my money for my well, credit. In I, Audible. I'll, I'll admit I've never done the Octavia Butler ones on Audible. I've actually done them in, in novel form because I refuse to use my credit on Audible for anything less than 10 hours. Exactly. Exactly. And I understand where you're you're coming from on that. Um, but one of the books I got because it was in fantasy, but, but um, it had the best thing I've ever seen on an audio book. All right. And that is the length was 43 hours long. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap, I don't even care if I like the story. <laughs> I'm going to watch this. I'm going to listen to this because it's one credit for 43 hours, right? So basically, the the premise of it is a girl walks into an inn. And oh, I know which one you're talking about, I think. A girl walks into an inn, and she has no life skills. She doesn't really do anything. She has no place to stay, but she accidentally knocks over a table. And when it does, the the tablecloth falls off of it, and it wipes the dust off. And in uh, just in space in front of her, uh, she sees a menu appear, and it says uh, innkeeper skill gained. Right? So she's like, well, crap. You know, I guess I don't know what this is about, but maybe I should clean some other tables and see what happens. And she winds up becoming an innkeeper because she accidentally bumped into a table, but the inn is now hers. It's bonded to her. And she runs this inn, and it's the only place anywhere that accepts everything, right? Any kind of monster, any kind of whatever, goblins, anything. It doesn't matter what it is. You can go to the wandering inn and be taken care of by this innkeeper. And it's... It's actually it's not uh, narrated by Andrea Parsno. Uh, if you if you know anything about her, she is fantastic narration. Absolutely, just, just first fucking rate. And um, it's it's a really really good book. And the the thing about it is, it's an entire series, and there's not a fucking one of them that is less than thirty two hours long. I think um, the I'm on uh, Wandering in Last Light, which is the uh, book five. It's the last one available on Amazon or, or uh, uh, Audible right now. The the next two are coming, which is the General of Israel and the Reigns of Liskor. But uh, book five is 52 hours. Damn. <laughs> so these are not small. <laughs> and if you enjoy longer audiobooks, like you're on the train or you're you're commuting every day, which I know is less of us than it used to be uh, after 2020. But it's still one credit, 40-plus hours, okay? <laughs> so, they're, and they're good stories. I, I enjoy them a great deal. So, just saying, worth a look if you're, if you're into that sort of thing. 
Got anything else today? Oh, I think I've babbled enough. <laughs> I've wasted everybody's time enough. Well, uh, if the world's still here next week, we'll see you then.